Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode, I am flying solo again. As we kind of moving now really into 2022, the year has really kind of already started to kind of move quickly. It's it's interesting as we sit back and, I suppose, look at the world around us and look at the things that are happening. And one of the things I suppose a lot of people have you know used over the last few years has been looking at social media and how much information they get from their you know social media channels and uh, a lot of people obviously have started to use that for their photography as well and um, I know a lot of people have been talking about in different on different forums have been talking about the change in um, the I suppose the way uh, social media has been working and people are saying that quite often now that their engagement is much lower than it ever was. Like people just aren't seeing the stuff they're posted. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of companies saying that you know they've got all these followers that they've been able to amass on social media, but now to actually to reach those followers, you know, they have to pay a fair amount of money to various different platforms for their, I suppose, for their posts to be dished out to the people who are following them. And it's kind of a strange situation. You've got all these people following following you, but then you've got to obviously pay to actually talk to them so that's you know one of those I suppose it's one of those um, catch-22 situations like a lot of people want to be able to get their name out there they want to be able to kind of build a reputation and people are using obviously social media in photography in particular they're using it for various different reasons and it's interesting um, as many people will know in the podcast world that listen to this podcast regularly that, that I manage a one of the social media sites for one of the big camera brands and you know we have a Facebook group where we have nearly 20,000 people in the group it's kind of interesting because groups tend to work a, I think a little bit different than the normal Facebook page but quite often a lot more people seem to see the posts you know in a group situation um, rather than when you post something on your personal page that not everyone who are your friends or will follow you if it's a like um you know, an actual page rather than yourself, that people don't always get to see your post. I mean, nine times out of ten, you might bump into someone, oh, did you see such and such post the other day? This, and they go, oh, no, where'd they post that? And you'd say, where they posted? And they go, oh, I never saw it. It's it's um, it's really, you know, strange, like I said, the way certain people get to see stuff and other people just don't get to see it whatsoever. So it kind of comes back to thinking about what is the worth for a photographer and social media, where is the value if you're kind of building, you know, your whole kind of platform around social media? On the weekend, I had a friend whose whose Facebook page was um, was basically uh, hacked, and they started people who hacked it then started spamming people, and then Facebook, you know, blocked the page because of violating the various different, you know, Facebook rules regarding spamming. So it, it kind of makes you wonder about the value sometimes of uh, social media. And I suppose one of the things to really consider about if you're building your whole brand and your whole business around using social media is that 
how much control do you have and how much say do you actually have if someone did hack it and then all of a sudden started spamming people and then that platform shut your page down um, because it violated the you know the rules and conditions of the of the platform that where do you stand and who do you talk to because quite often these platforms these days that you you can't actually pick the phone up and ring someone at their head office and say hey look my 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 account's been hacked but it, you know, and, and people have been spamming but it's not me and can you unblock my account and you know that type of stuff and really it's really difficult that the channels you typically have to go through is for you know do a ticket item where you basically report something and then you wait to do it and I know with some of the platforms I used to in the early days when Probably, you know, I'd, I'd report stuff that I thought was fell outside of the community guidelines, and it definitely did. It was it was either promoting something that was unhealthy, or you know, it was really crosses across the line, and you'd report it, and then only to get a message a couple of days later saying, "Oh, no action was taken. That um, uh, that person's not not breaking any rules," when clearly they were. And I think a lot of those messages are done by they're automated, so you know some type of algorithm, AI intelligence, looks at it and makes a call on it and sometimes it doesn't always make the right call. So I think, so I just got frustrated in reporting pages, like I said, that were kind of, you know, crossing the boundary there because it wasn't actually being acted on anyway. So it just felt pointless trying to report stuff that um, you knew wasn't ever going to be resolved. So it's a kind of a challenging thing because most like people in photography or particularly if they're starting out, I mean, social media is, is such a alluring proposition because it doesn't cost anything. You can go and start off, make a Facebook page or you can make an Instagram account and you know, call it, you know, um, Joe Blogs Photography and basically yeah, put in your name and basically have this um, site where you can put up content so um, potentially people can see the content. I think a lot of people now have moved more away from using their own websites and um, I know some people's whole idea of social media is actually to use their social media accounts to to push people across to their website to use it as a kind of a a funnel. And I know a lot of people have said it hasn't really really worked. Like it's not really making the connection where people are basically going onto social media and then clicking through and saying, oh, yeah, okay, that's just his Instagram account, but I want to see what he's really about, so I'm going to go to his actual his actual website where obviously, you know, and on a website you've got total control over what happens and what, what goes on that site. And, you know, depending on where you host it, I mean, you've got control over where you host it so you can find yourself a reliable place to host it. And not all website hosting platforms are 100% reliable. People have had various different experiences where, you know, their website has been hosted on a particular you know, group of servers only to have them repeatedly be offline and people not being able to access pages. But then there's more reputable companies who have multiple multiple layers of redundancy built into their systems. So, you know, if they're not relying on one server, if one server goes down, there's, you know, multiple backup servers that come into play and people don't get to see the outage at all. It's just business as usual, which is what you want. But obviously setting up your own website costs more money to, to host it, particularly with, say, a reputable web hosting company. And then obviously there's the design and, you know, structure of putting it together. Whereas, you know, the allure of something like a Facebook page is, you know, you've got the structure there, then you just drop you, your content into it. So it's 
a bit like you know Instagram's very similar where you, you know you've got this structure there that you just basically you know put in your your bio you put in a, a profile picture and then you put in a few contact details and those types of things and then obviously you can start posting content and images and people can use it and I suppose for a lot of people they get to you know again that allure of something easy because so many people have the app and so many people are on the platforms it's interesting and I think where's the future what you know if you're using like I said social media as a part of your business strategy for your photography business you know is there a future in it is it do you need to look at something alternative? Do you need to have a you know a plan B? And I think it's really challenging to work out what the plan B should be because, like I said, you know, ultimately, you know, a lot of people have tried the you know, having a website and then having social media be the funnel to push people to the website, and then you can do all your nuts and bolts and stuff in the website so people can get to learn about what you do and how much it's going to cost to do it and all those types of things and potentially take bookings and answer questions through um, the website directly rather than, you know, relying on social media. So, again, it's kind of like I said, it's really – and, and it, look, every, everybody's situation out there listening is going to be slightly different to why you're using social media or how you're using it to promote yourself or promote your business or it could just be – you might just be using it to share your work because you just, you know, you just want to put your work out there and let people enjoy it. And like I said, social media is a perfect platform for people to be able to kind of find content and enjoy it. But I think it's becoming more and more difficult now because of things like the algorithms and different things that happen on these platforms that does make it challenging, you know, when you might have built up a a good following on your, like I said, your social media sites, but only a very small amount of people actually get to see it. And I know I just look at when I post something on Instagram and um, then you go back and have a look at the number of people who, you know, after it's been up a day or two, you go back and see how many people have actually seen it or liked it. And, yeah, it really has changed dramatically. It's not like getting the traction it used to get. And even trying to play around with hashtags and different things to try and, you know, I suppose, increase its popularity because everyone's doing the same type of thing. So many people are trying those types of things. I think it, it really has diluted the the power of you know using those things like hashtags and other techniques that people use to try and get more to try and get their I suppose trying to get their content pushed out to more and more people so I think there's um there's a few other platforms that people maybe haven't tried using um as photographers and we don't see well I don't personally myself I don't see too many photographers using YouTube and again, this might be a situation where you might want to put up something on YouTube, and it could be, you know, um, firstly, it could, you know, most people who go to YouTube are typically looking for a solution to a problem. So typically, like someone's having a problem with their camera, so they want to find out, okay, um, my camera's not behaving the way it should. It's doing this, and it's throwing up this error. So people will quite often Google that, and sometimes, you know, there is a process to go through and you know, resetting it back to factory or whatever to to write that problem. So these are the types of things that you could basically make a little video about saying, you know, oh, yeah, I own an XYZ camera and occasionally this has happened to me and this is how I've got around it. I've done a factory reset and this is what I've done, da-da-da-da, and basically, you know, in a video situation show people how to do the factory reset or, you know, it's how they maybe you 
maybe the issue is caused by a firmware issue but, and maybe an update of the firmware and the camera will actually fix that problem that, you know, people can make a video and basically explain that and then tag that video with some, using some of your own images for the, you know, for the um, leading slide and, and also then you may be able to just kind of use it as a bit of a platform to say, oh, you know, after, after you've kind of given that information out, you might better share some of your images or share some other tips or whatever, which would help potentially grow your uh, presence on the web that people may find you and then they may find that in, in there you can obviously have things like links to your information about your website, you have information about your social media channels. So I think social media kind of works better when you've got a finger in a lot of pies. I don't think it's worth having just relying on one particular social media platform to host everything on. I think you need to be kind of across multiple platforms. So if, if there is a problem with one platform, people can still find you and, you know, there's nothing wrong with replicating the information on these several different platforms. So basically people can find, so if they, you know, and people have, people have their favourite source as well, like some people will favour one over the other. So when they're looking for stuff, you know, this is their kind of go-to is YouTube. So that's when they're going to look for stuff. And but like I said, you know, you've got to probably use some other platforms. You've got to you've got to construct the content slightly different. Yes, I mean we're starting to see too, like on platforms like TikTok, you know, people are starting to put tuition programs on you know, how to do how to shoot this or how to shoot that. People are trying to use that platform. You know, so there's an there's an educational content part of it but at the same time is it's actually it's promoting themselves and promoting their brand which is really you know what people I think are trying to get out of social media is trying to promote themselves so you know potentially and again it really depends on what you're trying to do you know some people want to be they want to be trying to become a brand influencer so they want to try and you know get in with a particular brand so they'll make a whole lot of content maybe around using that brand or being loyal to that brand or, you know, showcasing that brand in stuff they do, potentially, you know, they might recognise and seen and be able to um, be offered a position to do something with that brand. So there's a whole range of different, I suppose, ideas about how you get yourself out there. But I think the thing is you have to try and be innovative, like using these platforms, use them slightly different. You know, everyone's kind of putting the same type of content up. So it becomes you know, a lot more of the same, you know, so there's a whole range of stuff goes up there and, but it, people tend to, I suppose that once something becomes popular or, or something, you know, you see a, an image that wins a competition, a lot of people are then drawn to try and go and replicate, oh, well, people love this particular style of photography, so I'm going to go and shoot some some images in this style of photography I'm going to put up and then hopefully I can kind of ride on the coattails of the success of someone who maybe had just won a big award using a particular technique in their photography. And, you know, this is kind of, I suppose, nothing new. You know, that's happened for all the generations that as soon as something becomes popular or becomes a fad, people, a whole lot of people will jump on that bandwagon to basically trying to get some traction and trying to, I suppose... Yeah, enjoy some of the benefits of that. Yeah, so I guess it, it it kind of comes back to very much to what you're trying to get out of your 
you know, your photography and where you're trying to take it and, and like I said, what things you're using to kind of, fo- I suppose, further your, you know, photography. I mean, if it's just building, you, you know, you just want to kind of, like I said, whether you're just sharing it with people, you're probably happy with the status quo and you're probably happy with what, you know, the current platforms are offering and, you know, if one of the platforms crashed and you got locked out then it's not the end of the world, um, you're not kind of trying to get an income. But it does change dramatically when I think it's connected to your business and your livelihood that, you know, like I said, as I spoke earlier in the podcast, you know, having control over something is great because obviously you can make decisions about how things happen. But with some of these platforms that people are using out there to promote their business is that you are at the mercy of the platform. If something happens, like I said, you're hacked or those types of things and it makes it really I suppose difficult then to kind of fix that problem up to get it kind of resolved in a kind of timely manner and I know look previously I've known people who've had their Instagram accounts had the similar thing happen and been locked out of their accounts for like six weeks and their Instagram accounts been their kind of made main point of contact for their photography business which is you know really kind of you know people can get really really desperate because they're wondering what's going to happen because I've spent so much time building up a following and getting a platform and and then only to have it kind of shut down, locked out. So I suppose the things that you can do because like so we are kind of trapped where we don't have too many options where we have to do rely on some of these um, platforms and I think if you are relying on these platforms, one of the first things you should do is go off and make sure that you've got the strongest security settings that are available um, on that platform so if someone wants to try and hack it make their make their job as as difficult as possible so do some research you know, you know if you have, a lot of them will have two two areas of authentication where it might be you know you you get a text message to your phone so you know people like i said can who can probably hack your account if they've hacked your email it's so easy like so if you think of it this way if you're set up so that you say hey i've forgotten password and you're, you've advertised on your um, social media you, that what your email is, people know what the email address is, and they're going to assume that's probably going to be the recovery email address for anything to do with that account. So people can get control of your email, and that can happen. You know, People who know what they're doing can actually do that. So basically they can jump onto your, you know, say, Facebook page and go try and log in from a device and go, oh, I forgot, I forgot the... Um, password and then they put in the oh would you you want to recover by email they put your email address in knowing that they're going to be able to capture that email address and then get the link to then be able to do a password reset and then essentially lock you out of your account and basically they're in they've got control and they can do anything they want it's always i think uh, much tougher if it's a mobile phone it's more difficult for someone then to be able to intercept their mobile phone text message and be able to to get a reset password and do it that way. So again, have a look at what security settings you've currently got on your social media platforms and maybe good time to look at, you know, turning them up to the strongest possible security that's available that allows you, like I said, um, makes it harder for someone to hack into your into your site. Also, like I said, have a plan B. If something happened was, you know, how would you how would you deal with it? I see, again, on social media, I've seen 
on some of the pages that like I said that I'm involved with. I see people saying, oh, I don't still don't answer any messages that you might see from my name. I still not I still don't have control of my account. I'm still locked out. So they're kind of, you know, trying to let people know that if they get friends request or they get a um, you know, direct message from this person, maybe asking for something, it's not actually them. You know, someone who's taken control of their account. And again, like I said, it's um, it would be quite daunting, I think, for that to happen for a lot of people to to have known that someone's stolen their identity and been able to jump in there and and pretend they're somebody else and uh, masquerade um, behind you know a, um, behind the keyboard is pretending to be you when they're not actually you. And and like I said, this is the brave new world we live in, where so much more stuff's been pushed online, and we are spending more and more time online with our devices and so again it's probably a good idea if you haven't done a bit of a, a security review on your devices is to go in and uh, make sure that you're running whatever security you can on the device that you're using um, operating on the platforms that you're you're currently using so if someone did get in there that you can kind of limit I suppose the damage that they can do or the information they can get and look, it's always been, you know, all the experts will tell you that you, know, you need to have strong passwords. Again, some people make it easier for hackers scan because they use a pretty a pretty lame password because I know, and look, the I suppose the, the temptation is to use something simple and then use it across multiple accounts. And I think once someone does kind of, you know, get a password for somebody, they might go and try it across multiple different platforms that that person's doing and have success in getting in because people are using the same password on multiple different accounts and different sites, which, like I said, that can be quite dangerous. Um, and, you know, all the experts, again, tell you not to use the same password. But I know the challenge is trying to manage passwords is a real challenge, that how you actually, um, you know, do it. I mean, there is different apps out there, password vaults and different things that help you, you know, securely store the messages encrypted on your device so if you need to recover them you can you know it's probably not safe thing having them stuck in you know your notes or something on your iphone um, probably not that secure but yeah again it's you do need to probably have some way of managing your different you know passwords or be able to recall them if you needed to say your device died and you were logged out because a lot of people just stay logged in as well i mean that's the other thing a lot of people just say, you know, once they log in, they just stay logged in for possibly months and months at a time um, before they log out for whatever reason. Like I said, having some, I suppose, some system in place where you can recover passwords easily if you need to recover them is a good plan to have. So it's always good to, to try and plan ahead and not, not wait until something happens and then be reactive. Um, I think it's always good to be proactive and do something before the event rather than wait until it happens and then have to scramble to deal with it. I can remember I was on a trip. We were down at breakfast and, uh, you know, so we were with a group of people anyway, so everyone's down having breakfast anyway. Um, you know, one of the girls that was in the group with us had left her bag on her chair at a table while she went to the smorgasbord to get something to to um, to eat. And unfortunately, in a lot of these situations in some of these hotels, they're actually worked by bag thieves who, who will actually just come in pretending they're a guest the, of the establishment and then just, you know, mingle around and then um, be on the lookout for someone who's left a bag and then typically they work in pairs and the um, 
one person will then, the person when they leave the table, will, will strike up a conversation with that person saying, oh, it's a lovely morning, da-da-da-da, what are you doing today? You're having you know nice look around the city. While they're comp- keeping them distracted while the accomplice grabs the bag and casually just walks out with it which is what happened and um on this particular which in in the bag they had their passport she had a passport she had all her um, things like credit cards uh, all the cash that she had everything she basically would need was in that bag and was all gone in a blink of an eye she had to kind of then work out a way to start you know backtracking and putting into place unfortunately we were heading the next city we were heading to. There was actually a um, an Australian consulate, so she could go and try and sort out a passport because she was going to need that because one of the legs of the of the journey we were changing um, from land base to a sea base, which means you had to show your passport, and so a lot of dramas and um, and that. So then she had to kind of jump online and start cancelling, you know, credit cards and bank account alerting banks and all that type of stuff and. But the main thing was she um, had to find all the information. She didn't have any of that. So sometimes it works being prepared by having as much kind of um, you know, information, especially if you're in a situation where you're travelling and something like that happened. It's always good to know what, you know, talk to your bank and go, okay, so my, my credit card gets stolen, what do I do? Have a, have a system in place then to obviously follow through and do the necessary steps to protect yourself. So I think the same thing you should think about is with um, social media sites. Think about what would happen if I got hacked, what should I do, who should I contact, how can I you know, minimise these things and, like I said, be proactive rather than being reactive and jumping in and panicking when it all goes pear-shaped and then trying to, to fix it. So this has been uh, Fundamental Focus and we've been talking about social media and probably you know the, the value and obviously the sometimes limitations and the potential things that can go wrong with social media when you're using it, like I said, for your photography business. And like I said, it's always good to have plan B, always good to probably be proactive, thinking about this stuff rather than waiting for something to happen and have to react. Anyway, this has been Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode and hopefully it might have got you thinking about maybe just thinking about your accounts and securing them and just making them a little bit more, um, a bit safer and maybe you sleep a little bit better. Anyway, enjoy your photography. Until next time, this is Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. See you. That's all for this episode this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favourite podcast app and social media sites. Remember, photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn. Safe and happy shooting, everyone.